Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 522, Mr. Savage. A big old California huzzah! Boom! The Cali boys are covering Cal Cup Day at our favorite California track that's running right now. So that's what we got going on here. Uh, it's a fun Thursday. We're happy you're here joining us. Mike, how is everything in your world? And I know that it's a slow day for horse racing. It's a huge weekend for football. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's good right now. I mean, it's interesting. we got the playoffs with, that you're obviously ramping up here, Wild Card Weekend this weekend. And we're just getting news dump after news dump right now. Uh, I mean, we've got Belichick, who decided to quit slash uh, get fired today. We had Nick Saban, who stepped down today. We've got uh, coach openings in Seattle. We've got one in Atlanta. I mean, just Black Monday usually leaves a lot of different uh, openings. But, man, uh, this is this has been quite the week. And be interesting to see where Belichick ends up. He, I mean, based on that press conference, he will be coaching somewhere next year. Be interested to see who takes over for Nick Saban. Um, the the obvious candidate was the Oregon's head coach. He turned it down. He is going to stay in Oregon. So, uh, awfully interesting start to a Thursday this morning with uh, with both Belichick and Saban, essentially being on the outs. I you know, I first of all, I think that Bill Belichick is going to take Nick Saban wherever he goes. I think Saban's going to get like a senior advisor role where he can just make a couple million and work from home and tell Bill like, yeah, I like this, I like that, and occasionally show up. Because uh, the other option for Nick Saban was to run for some sort of state senator or U.S. senator for the state of Alabama. They don't have anybody coming to up in term right now, so unless he wants to build his campaign for a while. But I can see uh, those guys going together. Pete Carroll leaving. I mean, yeah, the Seahawks, it, it was probably time for him to leave. 14 seasons, multiple Super Bowl runs like that, like over different decades with you know different things happening with those players. It's It's so hard to do and have that kind of consistency if you're not a Pittsburgh Steelers head coach. Yeah, a great run for him. Uh, probably the time was right for him to get out of there. I think that uh, it's going to be one of the more sought-after head coaching jobs that's become available. You don't have the quarterback like you do on the Chargers, but the rest of that roster is absolutely phenomenal. So they just have to figure out, okay, what do we want to do at the quarterback position? Saban is going to be on ESPN. Uh, he has been tabbed as the, the <clears throat> next Corso. Um, so we'll see if he actually ah. takes up the reins for that uh, with college game day or what happens. But he has been – he and Belichick actually both been sought after on ESPN. I know that Saban uh, – it sounds like Saban's going to end up there. sounds like Belichick is going to be back in the NFL coaching ranks. Right now he's the favorite to take over the Chargers job. Uh, he's also been rumored <laughs> to the, for the Washington job. Uh, the Atlanta job is another one where he's been rumored in. I would not – I like, man, we'll see. We'll see. I, I would not be – touching the washington or atlanta job i mean the atlanta job is interesting except for the ownership the washington job no thanks like hard pass so we'll, we'll see what happens with with belichick but not really sure you want to go to la and coach the chargers if you're belichick at this point of your career either so uh it's gonna be interesting to see where he ends up landing what job he decides to take are you guys gonna be covering any kind of prop bets like that on on VSIN this weekend because it's always fun to see like who you know the favorite to for jobs and try and get some odds on on some coaches moving around not a ton of markets open yet. Um, the Alabama job market was up and then came back down when DeBoer announced it, or I'm sorry, when Oregon's coach uh, announced that he was not going to be going there. So they're going to repost that, I'm guessing, sometime soon. Uh, the Patriots job market is up. D'Amico Ryan, not D'Amico <laughs> Ryan's. Uh, can't remember the other linebacker from the Patriots, not Vrabel, but the one who's currently coaching there. Um, he's minus 700 to get the job. So it looks like that's a, in gambling world, pretty much a lock that he's going to end up mm -hmm. with it. Um, like I said, Belichick favorite to the Chargers. The Washington was the second team for him. So we'll see what else comes available. And who, like, 
I, I'm interested to see how fast this happens too. I mean, you've got a couple of the big time head coaching prospects are already in the playoffs. So specifically Ben Johnson in Detroit is going to take a little bit of time. And it's going to be interesting to see if people decide not to hire someone because they want to take a run at Ben Johnson or how that plays out also matters how deep he ends up going in the, in the playoffs. Yeah. Mayo Mayo is the one who, uh, is rumored oh, to be yeah, yeah, yeah. head coach there. And then the other piece of this is uh, is Harbaugh and what Harbaugh decides to do if he stays at Michigan or if he takes out or takes off. I, I think he's gone. I've been saying that since the start of the season. Uh, we'll see. A, a key to me makes a little more sense in that that L.A. Chargers role or even in the Atlanta role. Uh, but we'll see what happens there and see where, where Harbaugh decides to do or what he decides to do after all the dust settles on this college football season. I think the best fit for Harbaugh is Seattle because you described – the 49ers, when they were at their best with Harbaugh, which is a fantastic team. We don't know what we got at quarterback. You put the quarterback whisperer in there. You put Har- Jim Harbaugh in this. I can't want to say John. <laughs> we put Jim Harbaugh in there. John Harbaugh is pretty safe in Baltimore still. So I think that'd be a good fit for him. The LA Chargers, I've talked about before, the cheapest, stingiest owners in sports. They left San Diego because they refused to put any money into that stadium down there for about three decades. So uh, really bad there. Well, they don't like him from the, the Niner days, Ed Burke says, but they like him a lot when he can get him back in the playoffs and, and go to the Super Bowl. And if they're beating the 49ers with Harbaugh, I think all of that will be okay for them. But it's been some time, right? Are they still that mad at Harbaugh? Probably. I mean, I mean Seattle fans are, are pretty, uh, <laughs> they hold a grudge. We'll put it that way. Hey, the thing with the Seattle franchise. Hey, Miami like, fan, don't be talking about other teams fans right now. Okay. Hey, I don't know the grudge. No, the Miami fans being a little uh, runny over, a little bang, bang, bang to the Bills fans. Well, I that's mean, what I, I was referencing. <laughs> don't, don't, don't pull us in with Dodger fans. I hate that. Uh, <laughs> nope. <laughs> I, look, the, the thing with the Seattle job is you have all Denver's first round picks because of that awful Russell Wilson trade. So that's a big plus. And people are going to be lining up for that Chargers job because Justin Herbert's there. It's the only open job that has a quarterback. And that's really the hardest piece to get as a franchise quarterback in the NFL. And one of the open jobs has it and all the others don't. So it's going to be a, a very, very sought after position just because of Justin Herbert. Well, one thing that's definitely sought after on this show, winning tickets. We're back at Santa Anita <laughs> Park. We're bringing it back to horse racing now for Cal Cup Day. Uh, it, it's a great day for the Cal Breds. There are going to be five stakes, four of them in this late pick five sequence, restricted to Cal Breds. And so uh, you'll see some horses that kind of are taking class drops, some that are stepping up, and a big mix here. It does look a little chalky, but Mike and I each have a couple of price horses we're interested in. So even though it looks chalky, we're hoping it won't be so much. So uh, yeah, you ready to get into it, buddy? Yeah, let's let's play this pick four. <laughs> right is it Just before we came on there, I was kind of shoveling down some food because I usually forget to eat before the show, uh, which is a good thing I shoveled the food in because I don't know if you're hungry, Mike, but you will be after you look at the names of the horses here in the first leg of the Sandy to late pick five, Saturday, January 13th, race five. It's the Cal Cup Oaks, nine three-year-old fillies routing a mile on the turf. And if you're watching here on the screen, five of these horses have food in their name and six of these horses of the nine look like they want to gun it early. So uh, food puns aside, you know, a closer is really going to munch this field up. Oh, nice pun there. Five of them? Petit filet, our okay. sweet candy, a side okay. of fries, sushi sticks, putt for dough. You counting dough? I eat, I eat raw cookie dough like crazy. That's yeah, that's fair. What's your favorite <laughs> of those five? 
Ooh, uh, it'll be my top pick, so I'll save it for that. The reason Mike said, by the way, that this is a let's play a late pick four because he's got a single here. Start us off. Yeah, I, well, this is not the single why it's a pick four. The, the reason it's a pick four is because of the single in the fourth race. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> um, this, to me, is one of those races where you either single the nine-horse Grand Slam smile and you believe all the hype or you spread around and try and beat Grand Slam smile. And it's interesting because we, I believe, took two different routes in this one. Uh, I believe the hype around Grand Sam Smile, and so that's the reason I ended up deciding to single here. If you heard some of the comments around that's, that Steve Spite has made to different people around California about this horse, essentially he has said if she picks up the turf at all, she's gone. There's no one in here that can beat her. And when you look at the numbers, uh, she has better numbers than this entire field does on any surface, uh, let alone just on turf. Now, she hasn't touched the turf. That's the big question mark. However, she's run very well over the synthetic twice. Would have liked her to win against Open Company last time, but that was also Open Company. last Two starts back, she was at San Nita, went seven furlongs, absolutely demolished the field in a state-bred, uh, a state-bred stakes race, much like this one. Now we head over to the turf. I think she does it again here. Like she just When you go through this, part of the reason why I ended up singling her I don't like anyone else in this race. And I could make a case for a couple of them, but I don't really get excited about any of them. And Grand Slam Smile, who two back showed her ability to be able to rate. She doesn't need the lead. You mentioned the speed in here. I don't think she's part of it. I think she actually gets a pretty good trip because of that. She sits right in mid-pack, covered up, probably too wide around the first turn, able to angle out and go. I think she's the best horse here. So I'm going to go ahead and single the nine-horse Grand Slam Smile, although... I get it if you try and beat her, but if you try and beat her, you can't use her. That's a big part of this one because of the price a little bit later in here that I think everyone pretty much is just going to swallow and move along. Yeah, so uh, slight spoiler alert, Mike and I both have dollar tickets that total $48. So if you played this for $0.50, it's just going to be a $24 ticket. So we looked at this and both saw it's looking uh, relatively chalky. So... For me, I'm trying to beat the nine Grand Slam Smile. She is trying turf for the first time. She's also stretching out for the first time. And both her sire, Smiling Tiger, and her damn sire, Grand Slam, really good sprinters. They really weren't great at stretching out. Now, we're only going a mile. It's very early in their three-year-old season. So how many of these really want to go a mile? It could be questionable. And that big race that you talked about, two back, and the Calbred Stakes that she demolished by over seven lengths, by the way, it was Breeders' Cup Friday, I believe. Yeah, November 3rd. A lot of these horses we're going to talk about today ran on Breeders' Cup Friday. Uh, she won by over seven lengths, and it was a seven for a long race. The farthest that she has run to date was her best number. So she does have that going for her, but for all those reasons, that, you know, first time turf, first time stretching out, the breeding, I'm going to try and beat her. My top pick, my favorite of all of these, is the number five, Sushi Sticks. Uh, I love sushi. Sushi Sticks, I'm willing to try it. I don't know how well that would work, but the horse debuted at a mile, won by a neck from off the pace, had Juan Hernandez aboard. They went straight to the open company, grade three surfer grill. Abel Cedillo was aboard. Abel Cedillo, I love you. You're not Juan Hernandez. The horse didn't have a chance anyway, but not very good. Went to Golden Gate Fields last time out. It was a short field, ran a good third, just didn't have a chance to really kind of close into it. She is coming from off the pace. That's her best style. Back on turf, I think she improves. Another top jockey like Juan Hernandez. Now we got Flavian Pratt. Riding Pratt, by the way, he's ridden for Michael McCarthy 12 times in the last year. Three of those were wins. Eight of those finished in the money. So uh, I love that Pratt's riding. I looked at this and thought, even if the nine isn't on the muscle, I think that the seven goes. I think the two, the four, the six could all go. You could even see the one try and gun it a little bit from the rail there. So uh, I went with the five on top. 
And then uh, number four, Asada Fries. This was my second choice. Four to one here. Since she stretched out to a mile three starts back, those have all been really competitive races. Her best race was two starts back when she sat three lengths off in a six-horse field and still rallied to win by almost two lengths. That's Even against Maidens, that's not easy to do. Juan Hernandez aboard that day. Wasn't aboard last out. He retakes the mount. So to start off, I went 5-4 here. I, I obviously didn't use them. Where do you have these horses ranked? Uh, the four was my second pick. The five was my fourth pick. So both horses that I considered looking at. And again, this is another reason why I decided to single here. Uh, we've talked about the three favorites in this race on the morning line. And I'm not going to go <laughs> four deep using three of the four morning line favorites. I guess it's just not yeah. a winning strategy long term. And so you really got to make a decision. Okay, what do I want to do here? Um, I was not as high on the five as you are. Um, I, I understand the reasoning behind it. I just, I wasn't impressed. I went back and watched that main special eight win. It was kind of blah. Um, and so for me, that wasn't one that I was like, oh, wow, this horse really wants to go a mile, really <laughs> wants the turf. And the surfer girl, I was just pretty much uninvolved. Now, did have a little bit of trouble in that race. So I don't want to completely draw a line, like just call that one like an awful race. I think there was some excuse there. I thought she needed to run better last time out. Uh, that was that was a big issue for me. That was a six-horse field. She ends up running third of six. Espinosa is a pretty good jockey up there. There was no excuse for her not to be able to, to get up and, and get the job done and just didn't run well enough. And now trying to take on a field where I, I think it's about comparable to what she faced up at Golden Gate, probably a little bit better. And mm -hmm. I, like I just... To me, the three to one price, like this is the next logical horse to take money after Grand Slam Smile. And I just I couldn't swallow her at what price you're going to get. Asada Fries, I do think is interesting. She's been getting better um, every single race since uh, since she stretched out to go two turns. The, the effort, I think three back first time turf is really excusable because she tried to go to the lead. That's not something that I think she wants to do. We saw the last two races. She ran better coming from a little bit off it. Uh, again, not going to knock her for the last race. I thought she ran pretty well there and just didn't have enough late in the late in the lane. So we'll see what she does. But again, like these need to improve from a buyer perspective, 10 to 12% to be able to run with the nine. And that's that to me is now the nine's doing something new. And that I get is the big question mark is can the nine run back to what she has shown doing something new, going two turns on the turf. And if she can five to two looks like a steal. I, that one of the things I struggled with here, what do you think the nine actually goes off at? I mean, is it is because you could tell me eight to five, I believe it. You could tell me six to five. I believe it. You could tell me four to five. I wouldn't tell you you're crazy. I'm really not like this one for me was was tough to figure out. Okay, what exactly is the price going to be here on the nine? I was leaning more like the even money four to five range, and that was before you mentioned that her trainer is telling everyone who will listen that she's going to run oh. off the page. It, it's let me let me see if I can find the exact quote because it was in it was on DRF. Um, yeah, so Spite told Steve Anderson that if she takes the turf, they have no chance of beating her. <laughs> uh, that is the direct quote. So he, he's clearly very, very confident here. Um, did you use the one petite filet? No. No, okay. So that's I, a, I didn't. This was the one reason why, and, and you know, uh, we got someone bringing up, you know, petite filet bread for the grass. I was really interested in the one at eight to one. Like, this was the one that, that could have gotten me to be like, okay, I'm going to decide to figure out a way to, to spread around a little bit here. I, I thought the turf effort debut wasn't actually as terrible as it looks on paper when you go back and watch it. That was against Open Company. Uh, ran well, beat, uh, beat Asada Fries three back, and that was a race that, that was taken off the turf, was supposed to be on the turf. And it just feels like a horse that should be a turf horse that they decided to make a dirt horse because it won an off-the-turf race. 
And I, I think you're going to get back to the best, uh, the best possible scenario here for Petit Filet today. We'll see what happens. But that was the one of all of them that I was most interested in a little bit of a price. And I will mention, too, that Petit Filet scratched out of the Kentucky Oaks prep race that was a Santa Anita last week. I already forgot what it was. But uh, she was entered in that, a dirt race, and then scratched out to go to this spot. Is that the San Vicente, or am I, am I thinking of the wrong one? No, that's the boys. Oh, okay. Yeah. Santa Inez, that's what it is. Uh, yeah, on Sunday. Um, and I, I didn't use her. I I like the jockey upgrade a lot. I did look at this horse a little bit because of the jockey upgrade to Kaz Kamira, but... Um, yeah, I, I didn't end up using this one. I did go for a price for my third pick, and it's going to be number three, our sweet candy. You know, after you have your asada fries, you have your sushi sticks, you got to have a little dessert there. Our sweet candy, number three at 12 to one. Uh, a Golden Gate Invader here debuted on turf at a mile, finished a fast closing second, then switched to synthetic in the fall when they didn't have turf racing anymore at Golden Gate. Come from behind, winner by <laughs> over three lengths was pretty impressive. Also at a mile there, so I like that this horse has got the foundation of two mile races. Another step forward from a speed figure standpoint is needed, but if she does take another step forward, I think it puts her right in the mix, aside from the nine whose figures just kind of stand out here a little bit. So I like the three to price, and then just because I could, uh, I kind of like her a little bit. The number seven, Madison Ray, five to one. She looks like she's the fastest horse early, but she's got Rosario aboard. You know, Edmund Maldonado wrote her last out when she won gate to wire, and Maldonado got hurt. He's going to be missing for a few weeks, which is too bad, but Rosario's aboard. Can we trust Rosario on a speed horse to choke it back? I think so. I think we've done that before. Probably. And if you look if you look back two uh, three races back, she did sit off the pace just a little bit and break the maiden by a neck. Now Calbred Maiden, six furlongs on the dirt. But that last race at Los Al, she went gate to wire. And Los Al, you love to say, pro- projects good for turf horses there. She beat Asada Fries, uh, who was, you know, back in third there. I think that if she can take to the turf, I think that she's okay. And also, if you look at her breeding, her granddam was a grade two winner on Santa Anita's turf. And she herself is a daughter of an elite uh, European turf stallion who's no longer with us, but Pivotal, who put out tons of Royal Ascot winners uh, back when he was still alive. So she's got the breeding and she has the effort at Los Al that says she should be able to handle it. And, you know, five to one here, I think that she might end up slipping a little bit because the nine's going to take so much money. The four and the five are going to take some money here. So... Uh, Madison Ray, the last horse on my ticket, but I did put Madison Ray on here. Yeah, I think she's. I I don't think she makes the lead. Like I, I think it's so weird. It's true. That, like I, the time form number, I think is just off here for pace rating, which is a one hundred two. It has the nine is faster. I, like we'll see what happens with this horse. But that race that that you're referencing um, at Los at Los Al, like, they went twenty four forty eight. It just feels like they're going to go twenty three twenty two forty seven in this race, doesn't it? And if they do, I just don't see any way Rosario is the one that's hustling. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. But it's <clears throat> it's the Sada yeah. fries. It's in the lead, right? Like that. That or maybe the two. Maybe the two. Yeah, I could see the two prancing through pair because you got the two is stretching out. The one is not stretching out, but but was right up there with Madison Ray early in that low style race. Um, yeah, the, the four could go the six. We didn't even talk about recalcitrant, but recalcitrant has been first at every point of call. The first point of call yeah. in every one of her races. Yeah, I, I guess the six is the six and the two are your speed. But the, the six drew the one post last time. And that kind of felt like it pushed pressed the hand of why the what the six decided to go. I, the two is just got That's got to be your early lead area just because it's like stretching out, like you said, and also the, the draw. Like you're just screwed if, if you're in that two post and you don't go and you end up inside of four or five horses in this spot. Yeah. 
Uh, we'll move on the second leg of the late pick five Saturday, January 13th at San Anita Park. The only non-stakes race of this entire sequence and still a good one. We've got seven older cowbreds uh, sprinting six and a half furlongs on the dirt at the N1X allowance level. Now note that the two seaboard will scratch, so there will be seven runners right now. Where'd you go on top? Give me the four horse here, uh, Crypto Ride on top. I thought this was a really, really interesting race, and I, I kind of ended up just in a spot that I didn't really expect to end up in. We're switching barns here over to the Leonard Powell barn. Leonard Powell, 18%, first time with trainer, 17% of this type of a layoff. And when I went through this race, I it just feels like you're going to have a lot of horses who want to be a little bit more forwardly placed in this one. I, like, There's not any of that like just burner speed outside of... Uh, the five but when I look through it it's like okay who do I trust and I don't really trust the five at all especially going six and a half furlongs and then you look at like the three minister Shane and this is a horse where the race two back probably wins it but that's really the only dirt race that's that good and so I when I kind of went through this the, the difference between the class level which the four has been running at has been open company uh, $50,000 and now we're dropping into it's a state bred 20 I think makes a big difference and then the trip style makes a big difference i mean this one's gonna sit pretty close to the pace but not on it shouldn't have any issue with the additional distance we're getting five pounds off with the bug uh like the barn switch like the fact that we're coming off a layoff here and we're starting out our four-year-old season so i expect expect a national natural step forward here and then you go back to like what this horse was able to do when it was in contention in races and when it was in that state bred level and in it the record inside the state bred ranks are actually pretty good it was competitive in multiple stakes races uh that were overnight stakes races to both los al and san anita i think we're getting back to our friends here and i think that's really going to make the difference for the four crypto ride i couldn't use this horse you make good points but the layoff is concerning for me and the horse only has four works back uh for this test so for me you're you're coming off of a uh, 279 day layoff and Leonard Powell's a great trainer. I'm with you. But to me, this feels like one where you watch it and you sit and wait and see what happens. Uh, the only time he's ever come from a layoff was his debut when he was a two year old and he ran a good race. He actually closed from 10th, 10 lengths off going six furlongs at Los Al and got third, which is, you know, missed second by a neck. It's not easy to do at, at Los Al, even with the the donkeys that usually run over there. So, uh, but yeah, I, I couldn't use the four crypto ride. I did put on top the horse you mentioned that you're concerned about getting six and a half furlongs, and that's the five, El Rey Dorado. He had to drop to the Calbred maiden claiming ranks to get the job done, but he looked good in both of those starts. I think Kyle Frey, two back, figured out the horse's best chance to win is on the front end early because until that point, he'd never really been that close. He'd been with a length or two early, but. Kyle Frey was like, we're going to put you on the lead and see what happens. And it worked really well. And then last time out, uh, first time facing winners, put him right on the front end again, was a half length off the lead early and then powers home to win by over three lengths. So now this is the, that was open starter allowance company, 50 K. Now this is Cal bread and one X allowance company. To me, it's kind of a lateral move. This is because this isn't a stakes race, a Cal bread stakes. I think this is kind of lateral to 50 K open company starter allowance, but uh, I think because he's going to be on the front end and with the seven, I think absolutely doesn't have a chance past the quarter pole <laughs> of being on the front end. I'm hoping that he kind of has that inside trip. And uh, our old friend of the show, Mick Ruiz Sr. with the uh, Bolt Dioro horse. Uh, I got El, El Rey Dorado on top. Yeah, like I don't hate it. And I think this is the of all of the horses that like you're looking at as a possible speed candidate. This is clearly the one that takes some gate to wire. I think it's interesting you mentioned the seven. I think we kind of came to the same conclusion on the seven. 
uh, the distance is going to be a problem. <laughs> yeah. uh, they was able to break the maiden going six and a half, and that was sitting right off the pace. Uh, but outside of that, like this horse just seems like it doesn't want anything to do with winners going that type of distance. It's also 16 K claimers, 16 K claimers. Well, that, <laughs> yeah, that was where the win came from. It was $45,000 state bread, essentially the same level that the, that the five broke the, the maiden, um, from a, a state. Oh, yeah, yeah, perspective. Yeah. And then, yeah, came back at five and a half furlongs and absolutely destroyed 16 K claimers, uh, and two L nonetheless. So bottom yeah. level 16 K claimers, the last two races, not just not good enough like and so that of the two i went with the five as well i think that was the one the speed horse that you want in here i did use the three horse minister shane um I, look the race two back is good enough to win it and that's really the bottom line is can we replicate that race can we do it over the sandy dirt course we'll see uh, but even if you go back and you look at some of the turf starts and that's where minister shane i think is tough it's like okay does the race at san anita on the 13th of june 2021 win this it's close. Like, I don't know if it does, but it's close. And that, it, so it's one of those where it's like, okay, they probably one of the more talented horses in here. Uh, the other horse I'm going to use that I, I like a little bit more to price. And that's why I'm glossing over the other two is the eight Buck Owens here. Um, Buck Owens six to one on the morning line. Barrios picks up the mount. The horse clearly likes the six and a half tough furlong for the top, uh, four races at the distance. One win, one second, one third. Ran at Santa Anita twice, one win, one third. And just kind of sets up well. And then the other key here for me is, look, we're getting rid of Pierre's, who's a, a decent jockey when you're at Los Alamitos and you're going mm-hmm. the, the thousand meters, or you're, you're going on, uh, or you're 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 going 400 yards or whatever it is with the, the quarter horses. Barrios a big time upgrade. I'm, I'm talking big time upgrade. And this horse has races in the back that wins it here. So uh, I'm going to go with uh, the three, four, seven, eight in this spot. But I, I like the four and the eight the most because of the price. Three four seven eight or three four five eight. Sorry, three four five eight. There you go. Okay, cool. No, I just want to make sure. Um, the eight is. Yeah, I went too deep. The eight's the other horse I used. And I kind of looked at this as like if there's a pace meltdown or a bunch of these horses are stumble bunnies, which I think we know that the latter part is probably going to be true. To me, it seems like he's about the strongest closer. And the last time, three times that he lost by several lengths on dirt, all three were one gate to wire. Two of those on that super highway at Los Al. Kind of similar to the three. Uh, who also the, the he has he's winless on dirt, but if you look every time he was on dirt and he loses by ten lengths or he loses by eight lengths, is second. Well, Tom McDrop went gate to wire. Like of course that's what you know he's coming. He's a closer. He's not going to be able to get up there. So um, I think if I was going to use a third horse, I would put the three on here. The five to two price is what uh, kind of kept him off for me. But Buck Owens getting Hector Barrios, I think, is good. Barrios has uh, one win and four in the money finishes total in his past five starts for the Valenzuela Junior Barn. So. Yeah, uh, we both like the five and the eight for sure on here. Yeah, and I, 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 man, this is this is one of those races where you kind of you have to find a price in this race in a lot of ways because of the way this the rest of the sequence plays out. You don't like the favorite in the first, I do, um, and so this race it's kind of important that we end up with the four, or the eight in my mind just to get this thing to pay something. <laughs> Third leg of the San Diego late pick five on Saturday, January 13th, race seven. It is the longest named race of the whole weekend. The Sunshine Millions, Philly and Mare Turf Sprint Stakes presented by John Deere. Might as well throw the sponsor in there. We've got eight older Phillies and Mares sprinting six and a half furlongs down. The Hillside Turf course, I almost singled in here, but I ended up at... I chalked out, which I really hate. I really, really hate the morning lines on this, but we'll get to that in a second. Who's your top pick? Uh, I went back and forth in this race, and I... like. I ended up four deep here because I like two prices and I realize I'm, I am very much price hunting in this spot. Like I, I think that the three and the six are the best two horses. 
I really do. But their price sucks. I'm sorry, the two and the six, but their price mm-hmm. both sucks. They're two to, three to one and five to two. Uh, so I included two prices in here that I thought I have a shot. I, uh, the top pick for me was a two horse Rose Maddox, uh, who I, I like, look, came off a really nice race last time or two back, uh, was able to win the, a state bred level, pretty much this level, $100,000 stakes race, uh, going down the hill, six and a half furlongs, one for three over this course, likes the Santa Anita course, two wins over eight tries on the turf course with three additional seconds. Pratt picks up the mount, has beaten a lot of these before. I mean, like she just makes a ton of sense. She has the pace to chase again, which was a big part of that win two back is that you've got four horses that, that seem like they want to lead the lead three or four horses in here. So I went with a two on top. I have the six second who's going to be part of the pace. To me, neither of them are all that interesting of a handicap, but I, I, like they probably should be used. But I also want to try and find a price here because, again, like I, I'm singling a favorite in the first. I'm singling the favorite in the fourth leg of the sequence. You got to go price hunting along the other legs if you want to have any shot at making some money. Yeah, I, I, and these are the two horses I used. I went two six here, Rose Maddox on top, and almost singled her. Uh, you mentioned two back, basically the same uh, race, and she dominated by uh, two lengths in that spot. It, it, I say do- two lengths doesn't sound like dominated. She was two lengths clear with a, about an eighth or sixteenth yeah. to go, and just prayer just put her on autopilot, and it was great. Uh, but yeah, she beat the one Medea, she beat the five Kismosa, and she beat the three Rose Dawson in that race last time out. A really good fourth over this course. It was the Senator Ken Maddie Stakes that was on Breeders' Cup Friday. That was open company, and it was open gender. So she's facing a bunch of boys who weren't good enough to get into a Breeders' Cup race. And she got fourth. She missed third by just a nose in that spot. Um, I thought that she really it was a tremendous effort from her, and now Flavian Pratt riding. So all things that I love. And then as far as the six goes, two back over this course versus open company allowance females. Again, on Breeders' Cup Friday. She had a worse post and a worse trip than the one Medea who's in here, and yet she almost caught that horse right at the wire. Uh, Medea ridden by Victor Espinosa, so you know I'm not going to use her for just off of that reason. And then out of that effort, the reason she's the 5-2 to two favorite, which pisses me off, uh, she dominated, not, not, not to John White's fault, I'm just mad that, that's, that everyone else is going to love her too. She dominated nine other horses by four and a half lengths, going five furlongs sprinting at Del Mar, and it was open company allowance. Like, that doesn't happen unless you're a really, really good horse. So on top of that, her time form turf numbers, they've increased with every single start. I just wish for her stakes debut, she was a little better price. Yeah, it's kind of hard to, to swallow the five to two number for, for a stakes debut on that one. Um, I, and like, look, I, you said everything about these two horses. They, they are probably the best horses in here. I'm going to go price hunting with the three Rose Dawson. Uh, this is a D'Amato play. When he puts a horse like this back into stakes company after losing like it did two back, he clearly trusts the horse. Hernandez rides for the fifth straight time. They believe that this horse fits at this. And there's a race four back or three back, I'm sorry, over the low sal course that fits from a buyer or a numbers perspective, both buyer and time form for this horse to be able to run with the three, the two or the six. Uh, the pace should set up well here again, where I think the Rose Dawson should be able to sit right behind the pace and go and kind of got just caught on the inside going down the hill last time, which is not always the best place to be going down the hill because you go down there and then you have to spin in on that dirt track and it, you don't really want to go to the rail on the dirt track. You don't know what everyone else is going to do. So uh, I'm going to I'm going to use the three and just give it the excuse of it was inside last time. That's not where you want to be. I'm going to go for a price here and go to our boy Joel Rosario for it. <laughs> uh, give me the seven horse, second longest price in the field, uh, 12 to one on Tam's Little Angel. 
I think this horse is just better when it gets over to turf. And, and that's really the reason why I'm going to go here. If you go back to January or January 7th, 2023, uh, in this exact race, this horse ran fourth at 36 to one. I think this horse is better than what we saw last time running in this race. And if that's the case, kind of fits with the rest of this field. I mean, yes, you need to improve 10, 20% there to be able to do it, but you've had a full four-year-old season to do that. Now this is a, a early five-year-old season for this mayor. I think she has gotten better since she ran in that race. If she's able to replicate that type of trip and just be a little bit faster, I think she's got a shot at winning this thing. So I'm going to go for a price here with the seven Tam's little angel. Yeah. Briefly consider the seven, uh, the, the race two back really is, is what caught my attention when she, uh, that, that mile race there. Uh, we didn't mention it earlier. So Steve spite, the trainer of this one, and also grand slam smile, two starters at Santa Anita in the last year, they've both been winners. So see if he uh, can double that this weekend. Uh, on Cal Cup Day. Uh, as far as the three goes, I I bet Rose Dawson a couple of different times, and it's never when she's won. It's <laughs> it's just tough because she's always against Rose Maddox, and you're like, well, yeah. the Rose Maddox is the better of the two roses. So uh, now, a trivia question: Do you know who either Rose Maddox or Rose Dawson are? Uh, the chick from Titanic. There you go. Rose Dawson, that's what she says at the end when she they ask her for her name when she gets to America. And she says, Rose Dawson, because that was Jack's name. Uh, Rose Maddox was a long time ago, like, uh, uh, Depression-era uh, singer. And she actually was a like a bluegrass singer. She was one of Dolly Parton's major influences. So uh, <laughs> Nick Alexander doesn't just go for baseball names with his horses. He just goes to Titanic names and, and Rose Maddox there. But before we move on, I got to call this out because it did make me chuckle. Shoddy says, why did the John Deere tractor fight the lawnmower? They had a turf war. Oh, the two dads on the show. Neither one of us made that joke. It ends up being uh, being shoddy in that spot. But that's okay. We appreciate the dad jokes there. Um, We'll move on. Let's see. We've got. Oh, yeah. This will be a quick one here. Race eight. The Don Valpredo California Cup Sprint. Five older males sprinting six furlongs on the dirt. The chosen Vron is in here. Yep. Can we just say move on? (laughs) Okay. Yeah. How about this? Uh, How does the chosen Ron end up losing this if he does? Because we both singled him. Falls down. I mean, that's the that's, that's this is. I mean, again, this is a little chalky, but I'm I'm going to probably play a large two five four cold try. Moose Mitchell just screaming to run third again. The chosen mm-hmm. Ron wins. The Brickyard Ride runs second. We can move along. Get our our four to one on the try or three to one, <laughs> whatever the crappy thing it pays. Uh, look, I don't, I don't see how Chosen Braun loses this race. I mean, like you're looking at Brickyard Ride, and like, okay, well, maybe Brickyard Ride can go gate to wire on him. Eh, I mean, Chosen Braun was so good last time against Big City Lights in a spot that I, I thought Big City Lights might have the jump on him, swinging back quickly off the Breeders' Cup Sprint. I even ran well in the Breeders' Cup Sprint when you like take a look at it, running a decent fifth in that race. So. I just don't see how Brickyard Ride is going to be able to go gate to wire and be able to hold him off. For what he'll have to do early, for him to be able to do it late is really tough. And and if you even look at like when they faced each other, Brickyard Ride is absolutely dominated. Or Chosen Run is absolutely dominated Brickyard Ride. You could even make a case that you play a cold try and you just leave Brickyard Ride out because mm-hmm. Chosen Run is going to absolutely rip his soul out. <laughs> Couldn't have put it better myself. I I agree totally on Chosen Fry. He's such a fun horse. He's uh, six years old. He's got 19 starts, 14 wins. 
He's only ever faced a non-stakes company once in his career is when he broke his maiden by almost seven lengths. So uh, a really just unbelievably good horse. Uh, over a million dollars earned now as a Calbred. It's it's a really cool thing uh, to see, especially because the, uh, the other horses in here, uh, Brickyard Ride, God, you wanted to get that horse to a million dollars. I think if he keeps running third or fourth in a bunch of yeah. Calbred stakes this year, he'll get there. But seven years old there, Principe Carlo is eight years old, like, a bunch of old, old guys that look like their better days are far behind them. So, yeah, we both singled the two so that chosen Vron. What do you think you get on the 3-4 exacta? I'm sorry, 2-4 exacta. A 2-4 exacta? You could probably get uh, you probably get 4-1, to 5-1. to one. Maybe that's maybe that's the play. Maybe a little 2-4-1 cold try, 2-4 exacta. Because yeah, Principe Carlo is probably going to go with Brickyard Ride and chosen Vron, yeah. right? And Geezer is the only closer. Moose Mitchell's going to sit in between that right and so maybe you get the two and the five to quit or the three and the five to quit and you can just play that two four one cold try uh, last time out for moose mitchell uh, uh the carry grant stakes that ch chosen Vron won uh second place was big city lights and that horse if the chosen Vron wasn't in there was going to win that race by over four lengths so really probably the second best cow bred on dirt in training right now is big city lights uh so yeah moose mitchell a good third there and before that had a win in a second so very talented yeah i think two four if you want to play an exacta that's probably uh, the way to go. We got one more race to go. That's race nine. It's the unusual heat turf classic stakes. Uh, we've got 10 older males uh, going a mile on the turf course. Or sorry, a mile and an eighth on the grass. And that is key because we are both trying to beat the favorite number five Kings River Knight. Six to five morning line. Won four of his last five races all in stakes. Why are we taking a shot against him, Mike? Uh, because I don't think the mile and an eighth is the distance we want to be going to be quite honest that was the biggest concern for me here is that uh king's river knight has absolutely no interest in getting a mile and an eighth but i do have a question for you yes what happens when a cat has an alligator baby what you name it alligato <laughs> the seven I, I thought i did not see that coming i'm sorry that was good go ahead <laughs> Uh, we're going seven on top here. Alligato, uh, which means alligator cat. Uh, I made that up, but we're going to go with it. Uh, look, this horse, I do think, wants the mile and eight distance. Both the races, two and three back, were both solid. You'll see Steel Team there, three back. That was uh, the race before Steel Team won impressively on Breeders' Cup Day. It actually looked good outside of that race, too. So uh, nice flattering, or flattering effort there. This horse really likes to hit the board and not win which is a little bit of a concern but we're getting six to one we're getting pratt aboard uh and we're getting the right distance as well as the setup i think this horse gets a, a phenomenal trip here love the six to one price the fact that the the five kings river knight is six to five and going to take money is, is really helps out the prices in the rest of the spot so give me the seven alligato on top did you use the seven magic Top pick for me as well. Uh, by the way, Aligato, if you translate it into Quibano, which is a language spoken in the southern Philippines, it means a spark, which I also like. it. But it's not as cute as Alligator Cat, so we might stick with that one. Yeah, Aligato won this race in 2022, uh, missed repeating last year by a neck, hit the board in the next six starts. Pratt rode him to winning this in 2022 and the neck defeat. So when Pratt shows up to ride this horse... Yiddy up! The uh, the alley cat is ready to go. Uh, I think we had full agreement in that we Ooh, each used three horses cat. here. I like that too. Alley cat, yeah. yeah uh, we had th three <laughs> three horses that we all agreed on. Next up for me is the number three, Bally's Charm at four to one. Hector Barrios riding co-speed along with the five, Kings River Knight probably, but unlike the five, 
The three can handle the distance. Two it's nine furlong turf wins, including uh, Calbred Stakes here last summer. And last time out, lost to, by a half length, my favorite horse in California right now, Easter. Easter went from that race to win two graded two stakes uh, turf races. And in that race, the two of these horses, Belly Storm and Easter, over three lengths clear of third. So if you're within a half length of Easter and you're over three lengths better than everybody else, you're probably pretty decent here. So I just hope that the three doesn't get sucked into a speed duel. That's my one concern with Bally's Charm. Yeah, pretty good field, too, in the lure. Uh, it's a restricted stakes. It's much like the Curlin, where you can't not have won a graded stakes. I believe it's in the last year to get into the Easter, mm -hmm. or that year, in that calendar year. It generally gets a pretty good field, because there's a bunch of horses in California that haven't won a graded stakes. And so you, you'll end up with a pretty good turf field there. So you always got to watch out for whoever wins the lure. In this case, it was Easter who got all the eggs, and uh, that horse has come and run back well. <laughs> couple times i agree with you on bally's charm here i think the three is the speed that can get the distance big question is going to be how much pace pressure is there here i i use the three because i respect the the fact that you know if if the three gets the lead and we have inside speed here immediately immediately he is dangerous that the five uh king's river knight i think is going to sit off i don't think goes but it will definitely be part of the pace um, and then the nine horse, uh, Catalina Eddie, I think is the other one you have to keep an eye out for. Coming out of a six and a half furlong turf sprint, made the lead going six and a half furlongs at Santa Anita four back, was on the pace going a mile two back. Uh, that's the other one I'm afraid may may press the pace here. But if for some reason Bally's Charm is able to get to that, you know, let's call it the first turn and have a nice lead. And this like this is one of those where I almost wish we were going like down the chute instead of all the way from the back of the stretch because if they're going down the chute you have that half turn that can kind of create space if you're the inside speed so we'll have to win the race to the first turn but if so i think Bally's charm has a chance to take this field gate to wire i had the two in second so i had the three and third i carmelita's his man the horse right to the inside in second partially because you don't have that that speed speed issue this is one that's going to be coming from off the pace and again like if you just focus in on the cowbred stakes races this horse is running First, third, seventh, eh, that wasn't great. Uh, first, third, seventh, fourth in the lure, which was restricted, not a cowbred. First, first. Pretty good. Three wins and six starts. Um, the only seventh came actually as a favorite in this race last year. Uh, that was over a mile and eighth, a good turf. But the horse has won over a mile and eighth. Has one win, two seconds and eight starts. Likes the Santa Anita turf, four wins, two seconds. And I think it's the pace set up today. I think the two is going to be able to have a bunch of pace to chase. We mentioned the three, the five, the nine all want to go. And we know likes the course, so I, I ended up with the two in front of the three. But I was seven two three. I think you're seven three two. Yep, you're right. And and that uh, when this horse was just seventh in this race last year, it was only beaten by two and a half lengths, and had unbelievably horrible trip uh, in that spot. Just bumped all over the place, traffic all over. It was uh, it was almost like I ran in a five horse field. You're trying to figure out how did you get stuck? Except there were a lot more than five horses there. So uh, yeah, Carmelita's man to me it. You kind of nailed it. It's just he's been so competitive in so many of his starts. It's like if he can, if things go just right for him, he's gonna win this. Like he mm -hmm. will win this race. So uh, yeah, we agree. Uh, seven, three, and two in any order. There, that's where we went here. Did you look at the six at all? Because I, I almost put the six on here. A, a very late blooming five, uh, newly turned five year old, but broke the maiden two back over this course and distance. Went gate to wire against Calbreds. Uh, not going to get the lead in this spot. But last time out with free sue aboard against Calbred Allowance Horses, came from off the pace a little bit in fifth and ended up winning by over a length. Free has got the mount here again. A similar trip like that, I think, is good enough. He just needs to take another step forward from that race. And it's it's kind of a question of will he do it or not. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it 
it's a big step up. I mean, that to me is is going going from you know winning your okay, you broke your maiden, that's awesome. Um, then you win a, a twenty thousand dollar N one X. Okay, good. You're eighteen to one and fourteen to one in those two respective starts, and then you're jumping up against this group, which is pretty salty. Like for a, yeah. a for like you don't you don't have the like okay, wow, that's an unbelievably good horse because your six to five favorite is really vulnerable because of the distance. But at the same time, like there are four or five solid horses in here. I mean, we're not even mentioning none above the law. Who just shows up every single time and runs a, a high 80s buyer, right? So if you're a buyer person, it's like, well, the six is going to have to jump up quite a bit. The thing is, the price is right on the six. You're sitting at 20 to one. You're getting one of the top jockeys in the circuit. I'm not sure where this horse sits from a pace perspective. I think that's my biggest issue and why I didn't didn't gravitate toward the six is I don't think the six has any chance of getting the lead, right? Mm-hmm. And, and if Silent Heat doesn't get the lead, what trip are you gonna like? You're gonna project here. You, I know you mentioned the trip last time where you know was able to sit off it. Well, he sat off a 22:46. Like, it feels like he wants to be forwardly placed because he probably ran 23:47 when he went was in that race. And like, if if they go 23:47 and the six isn't in the lead, this is gonna just fall apart. Yeah. Right? And so it, like I just I couldn't come up with a scenario where the six is faster than the three, the five and the nine or is not like and if he's not faster and they go too fast, he's sitting there right behind speed and probably falls apart as well. So if I was going to take a shot, I would look to take someone who's just like coming. I would look for someone who's coming from off the pace versus on it. Pasarda, Pasarando, the set mm-hmm. eight horse was the price that I looked at for a while. Not really sure why this horse is here, despite brought like four horses in this is one of them the other one is the 10 royal and rando i thought both of these were kind of your interesting price as horses that have been in open company consistently and now are dropping into stakes company um or or state bred stakes company and we saw this you know the 10 horse running four of these races before never really did great but did okay in a couple of them specifically the snow chief uh back in 2022 royal and rando ran second but i don't really like the 10 posts I mean, so like for me, it was the eight or the 10. If I was going to get a little wonky, maybe you can even make case for the nine that the nine learns how to how to sit. But I don't really like square eights going a mile and eight. So mm-hmm. like, like there were big time question marks for a lot of these prices for me. But if I went for something crazy, it would probably be the eight pass a rando or the 10 Royal and rando. <laughs> Lots of oh, because they're both by Tamarando. Yeah, that's why I was <laughs> lots of randos in this spot. But uh, silent heat and. Oh, shoot. Uh, who was it? There's one other horse. Anyways, the unusual heat is the, who the na- race is named for. One of the best California sires for a long time. It, he's uh, since passed, but I know Silent Heat is a grandson of his. And then I already forgot. There was someone else in this race that also is. Oh, uh, the acclamation horse, Kings River Knight. So don't root for him. Well, really not going to root for either one of these horses, the five or the six to win. But if they did, grandsons of unusual heat winning the unusual heat turf classic could be a fun story. On the eight, by the way, you do have Frankie Dettori picking up the mount. I know Frankie Alvarado and uh, is come down for a couple of mounts. He came down for the 10. Steve Spike got Frankie Dettori to ride the eight, and that, I don't think you can overlook that either. No, I, I don't think you can either. I, like, it, And it, this is one of those where when I was looking at the two and I was debating if I was going to put either on the ticket and either end up making it, I was like, well, what what do you want? <laughs> like, would you rather have the regular one, the one the regular rider chose, or the one that Frankie Dettori ended up on? And so that was kind of one of those like mixed up things. Like, again, if you want to play a fifty cent ticket and you want to get rid of, you know, if you, and you're you're singling the two and you're singling either my nine or you're trying to get its price down basically in the ticket, 
like this is a good race to spread out and try mm-hmm. and find a price. Like if you like the six, if you like the eight, if you like the ten, since we're against the five here in general, this isn't a bad place to spread around and see if you can get some type of price. That's going to do it for this episode of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining Mike and I to cover Cal Cup Day's late pick five Saturday, January 13th at Santa Anita Park. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, we will give our tickets one last time. If you're watching us, take a look down below. We've got the tickets right there. Uh, both dollar tickets, I'll start. I'm going to go 3 4 5 7 with 5 8 with 2 6, single the 2, and then 2 3 7. 48 for me, 48 for you, Mike. Yep, I'm going to start with a single here. Give me a single up the nine with three, four, five, eight, with two, three, six, seven, with two, with two, three, seven. Again, $48, 48 bucks for a dollar. Uh, speaking of pick fives, if you're looking to play uh, Aqueduct tomorrow, our Stephanie came in earlier and said the late pick five carry over 117000 at Aqueduct for Friday, January 12th. So, hey, if you want to get a little bit of extra money there, like the extra money we all put into that stupid coast-to-coast pick five last week that carried over to Sunday, uh, hopefully you got to some of that free money on Sunday. That was one of the most painful sequences we've had in a long time from a scratch perspective, where no race was taken off the surface that it was supposed to be run on. Yeah. like and were, Everything stayed on the turf. Every Like, no switches there. But there were, like, four key speed scratches. So all of a sudden, like horses that you were like, oh, that horse can't get the lead or isn't going to get an easy lead or isn't going to be like really that like they control the pace. And you're just like, well, shit, like how like how are we supposed to get there on a Thursday without knowing who's in and who's out on a Saturday? And it's just like, all right, move along. Yeah, half half the horses in one race scratch and then both of our singles, which were opposite horses, scratched at the gate like it was. Yeah, it just was so it was paid. I was like, I was texting you. I was like, we're never the lots of expletives. We are never doing this sequence again. I I, I take that back now. But just I was very upset in the moment. The 15 percent low takeout. It's a dollar denomination, like a lot to like about the sequence. It just really sucked how that one played out. I mean, it sucked for everybody. Every single person who was in the pool would agree it sucked because no one hit it that day. Um, But it set up a nice carryover on Sunday, which was fairly chalky, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and then uh, I think Shadi ended up losing it on one because of a, a bad DQ, too, as well. So, yeah. anyways, yeah. over at theracingdudes.com, we do have uh, – it, it's pretty much all about the Calbreds this weekend because there's not a whole lot happening. But we've got, uh, of course, the Sandy Pick 5. Aaron went through and gave his top win picks for all five of the stakes races. So, this race, this uh, post right here, Cal Cup Day Picks. We've got it up on the YouTube channel, his top win pick for each of the five stakes races. So, you can check that out. Uh Fantasy League update, drumroll, please. Got John and Ryan back on top there for a little bit. I still like where we're sitting with our horses, so we're, we're feeling good about that. And then if you want NFL playoff talk, uh, Papa Dude and Aaron talked about that on Dudes Who Bet Sports earlier today. You can check them out, or you can check out Mike Samich on VEASAN, because I'm sure you'll be talking a little bit of pigskin this week, right? Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, I'll be on Sharp Money tomorrow from 2 to 3 Pacific, running through every single game on the board and all the bets that I like from it. Then we'll be on uh, the handle 7 to 10 Eastern, both Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Saturday, we'll be breaking down what happened and then talking about Sunday. And Sunday, we'll be breaking down all the next week's games and getting out in front of the lines. Uh, favorite bet of the week, the over in the Cleveland-Houston game. I think that game flies over the 44.5 total right now. The unibrow is going to be on fire. I see Daryl Lou mentioned there's a carryover at Charlestown tonight. If you want to play Charlestown, uh, Aaron Halterman's got a few just picks over here at the Racing Dudes Best Bets page. So you can check those out right here on the screen. Uh, I didn't see how Gulfstream Park Race 6 went for him yet, but uh, I know he's got the Charlestown picks up there as well. So who do you, go who check do you that out. Oh, it, it won. 
It won, but it paid two dollars and forty cents. Ah, okay. Listen, Aaron's a little busy on podcast day. He hasn't been able to update that part of the site yet. Uh, Ed likes the Rams and over. What about that one? Wait, the Rams. Get out of here, Ed. I'm about to ban you. Uh, the total got too high for me. If I could have gotten it under 50, I would have been interested. It's sitting at 51 and a half now. Uh, I do think you're going to see a lot of uh, points in that game. Uh, I think you're going to see success from both wide receiving crews. I have the Amon Ross St. Brown over 87 and a half receiving yards in that game is my best bet out of it. I would love to see that happen because I got a good feeling about the Detroit Lions hosting their first playoff game in 30 years. And, of course, Matt Stafford's going to be the one to come home and just go all over it. The storyline's incredible, man. The Stafford versus Goff is just it's, – it's phenomenal. You've got McCarthy against Green Bay. I mean, it just – you've got Tyreek going back to Kansas City. It, they, it's like it's rigged or something, right? Uh, don't get me started. Ed Burke says he's in Detroit. Okay, you're forgiven. And I understand. Listen, the, the good thing about what Ed's doing is if you're a Detroit native and you're a Lions fan, you bet the Rams. And either way, like you win money or for the first time in 30 years, the Detroit Lions have you know gone forward in the playoffs. So it's a win-win. I get it, Ed. I, listen, I'm somebody that plays both sides quite often. Ed never said that he was he was in Detroit because he's a Ram, the Lions fan. He just said he's uh, in Detroit right now. He maybe he's in Detroit reason. for the game to bet the Rams. Yeah. Uh. All right, maybe, you're back to being banned, Dad. I take maybe he's there for work. You never know. It doesn't say he lives there. Uh, <laughs> not too many people admit to being in Detroit, uh, whether they live there or not. Uh, good luck to Ed. Ed. See, he's a Michigan guy. Okay, see, All Ed. Right. All right. I, I keep wanting to ban Ed, and then he says something that makes me take it back. Well, so he, we'll he still may not live in Detroit. There are that's other okay. in Michigan to live. That's, that, you can, you, it's actually better to not live in Detroit there. So, yeah. Uh, thoughts on the coaching carousel? Get that on Dudes Who Bet Sports, Dr. Tang. Or show up when the show starts. We spent the first Seriously, five dude. minutes talking about it. Unbelievable. Stop curing cancer for five minutes and listen to us. I feel like I should get the Atlanta job. Uh, don't take the Alabama job. Literally the worst job you could take because it's you're, you're following God. Well, no, you're not, you're not, not only following God. God quit right when Alabama lost its edge. Like it was, this is, it's going to be harder and harder to be a dynasty with the NIL world. And you don't get four or five star recruits at every single position to be able to just refill your positions. You're going, it's going to be harder to, to keep them. I think Saban was, this is the final move in a lot of really smart moves is to retire right now because it's, this is when it's going to become even more difficult than it has been the past 10 years to keep the dynasty going. And it's a big reason he got, I understand it. He's like, yeah, this is stupid. Same reason Harbaugh is like, Nah, this is all stupid. Nah, I don't want to do this. Uh, Ed says he lives in Redford, which is, it, it's like on the outskirts of, it's, it's it's within Detroit range. It's like when my wife says to non-Michigan people that she's from the Detroit area. Ed's from the Detroit area. So, but Redford for sure, because he doesn't, nobody wants to admit they actually live in Detroit. We hope you had a good time. We hope you admit you had fun. If you did, put it in the comments section. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm at Curtis Kellowart. He is at Summerbomb18, number one, number eight. Remember, if you want some more football talk all weekend long, check this guy out on VSIN. He's doing a bang-up job over there. He even had the Circa winner, uh, the Circa contest winner interviewed. So that was pretty cool to see as well. So glad to see things are going for you, buddy. Good luck this week. Until next time, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck. Don't hit the wrong button. The Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.